Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. I want to welcome my the man, uh, Coach Kurt Hines. He's the head coach at Coronado uh, High School in California, sunny California. Coach, welcome back. Steve, I, our coach, I appreciate you having me. It's uh, it, it's it's great to see you again. As as I texted you this morning, I I had forgotten the last time we spoke. Uh, as soon as I saw you, it all came back. So yeah, uh, it, it's good to be back together. Yeah, we well, got a lot of people talking to you, so it's easy to forget somebody like me in Illinois, surrounded by cornfields <laughs> or or the suburbs, whatever, whichever one. Especially uh, in the that, suburbs, it's it's good to be back. Well, especially the suburbs when I have different viewpoints than everybody, but that's a whole other issue <laughs> of what the suburbs are. Um, well, people here, people here, you know, we live in California, and I always have to preface it by saying I didn't I didn't grow up in California. I'm born and raised the East Coast, mm-hmm. you know, in Rhode Island. Raised our you know, family in New Hampshire. So uh, as much as I love California and the weather, the, the, the politics are not my, uh, not my thing, to say the least. Yeah, it is what it is. And it's, I don't want to get too far off of anything, but I saw my parents a couple weekends ago, and it's just amazing when you leave the suburbs. We call it I-80. There's an interstate I-80, and it literally cuts off like suburbs and the city from the rest of Illinois. So when you get south of I-80, the whole world changes. Like how everybody talks, everybody drives, the signs you see. I'm like, oh, I'm back home in a small town. I'm like, this is what it's supposed to be. And then you come back up to the suburbs. You're driving 80 on a on the interstate just to keep up. And uh, where my parents are, if there's traffic, is a tractor. Like that's all it was. Yeah. And just how people talk, how people act, and their viewpoints and everything else. I'm like, oh, this is a whole different world in the state where it's so different, cut off. And but since living in both, I can communicate with everybody now. You know, yeah. like, you're like I, I, I think our country would be in a much better place if we had more traffic because of tractors and uh, yes. <laughs> a lot, lot more small town stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, my buddy flew in from Tampa this weekend, and we hung out. And Tampa has a little bit of traffic. But I picked him up from O'Hare Airport in Chicago to drive back. There's construction and traffic. He goes, how do you live in this? 
And I was like, I don't know. I said, I miss where I could just pass by everybody when we're stop, go, stop, go sometimes. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. That's why our insurance is higher up here. And people get wrecks all the time because they drive 95. It's stupid. But yeah, it's um, crazy. Um, yeah, I haven't talked to you in a while. I don't think I talked to you last summer. I try to get people back once a summer. Um, how was last season for you guys? Uh, we're back. We were back to normal, full swing last year. I think yes. no more, no more anything. So we were back to full swing. Yeah, last year was fantastic. We made it to the semifinals. Uh, that semifinal. So we had a really good season. Made it to the semifinals. That semifinal game was close until kickoff. Uh, they they just beat the snot out of us. We we played this desert team. So, the, you know, I, as you mentioned, head coach here at Coronado High School. When you're standing on our 50 yard line, you can see downtown San Diego. You can see uh-huh. Petco Park. Uh, there's always a beautiful breeze. It's just we're blessed. Now, I don't I don't live on island. I live off island. I can't afford uh-huh. to live on island. <laughs> but uh, every so often we play these desert teams that. You know, my wife and I went out to the desert this weekend with my son and his wife. It was 122 degrees. Oh. And that's not that, that's not a lie. Now, coach, we loved it because we were there for the weekend. We were at a resort. We were in the pool all day. Yeah. How how these young men and coaches do that? Like, no exaggeration. We left yesterday, got in the car to head back at around 10 o'clock. I think it was in the morning, and it was 95 degrees at 10 a.m. Oh. Um, so there, there's there's no avoiding it. I'll tell you though. There's nothing but respect for me because when we play those desert teams, they're they're not missing practice to go surf. They're not missing <laughs> practice to go, you know, skateboarding with their buddies. It, it's a hundred and something out always, yeah. you know, oh. almost always. So uh, last season was great. We uh, we got bumped up. The past two years we've made it to the semifinals. Uh-huh. Um, so what that means for us is we got bumped up a division this year. So we're we're in a higher and a tougher division, which we welcome, which we need. Uh, it's it's going to be a battle every week, but that's that's why we sign up to play and coach this game because you want to challenge yourself and the uh, the kids have been working hard. We've been having a great se- uh, great off season. We actually have our last two workouts. Uh, had one this morning. We'll go again this Wednesday and Thursday. I think you mentioned you guys just go three days a week mm-hmm. all the summer, which I love. You know, I, I think too many coaches still you know have the philosophy or the mindset of no days off and. You're going to burn out and, and you're going to hurt, tear muscles and hurt yourself. And My philosophy with, with the off-season training is I want our guys and coaches, once equipment distribution rolls around, for us that's this Saturday, we start doubling mm-hmm. on Monday. Once that first day doubles roll around, there should be smiles on everyone's faces. A little apprehension, a little bit of nerves, a, little bit of, a lot of excitement. But I, I think the coaches that go five-plus days in the summer, and I'm sure it works for some, you know, mm-hmm. to each their own. But I, I, I think there's something to be said about, you know, getting the guys in for three days a week, having them work really hard, and letting them be kids, letting them enjoy, enjoy being a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, we went three <laughs> days a week for similar reasons, but the the first reason was we were tired of battling travel baseball. We were done with it, so we just said, okay, here we go. You guys have Friday through Monday to work and go do baseball. Tuesday through Thursday is ours. But then as we started doing it, we started to realize, oh, they are getting extra rest. They are doing this. So in the spring, it was maybe for the wrong reason. We were He was very frustrated of like, this is what we're going to do. Then as it was getting there, we were like, wait a minute. We feel rejuvenated after the weekend as coaches. They're feeling rejuvenated coming back. So we're like, okay, this is the real reason. So now I don't know if we'll ever go back. Because we used to do, you know, four days a week, 6 a.m. We're coming in. Yep. Now we're like, what if we do three days a week, coming at 9 a.m., 
lift a little bit, a little bit of film, go out there and work on some things and come back in. And we don't even hit as much anymore. We've taken the whole philosophy of like, we're not even going to hit that much. We'd rather, depending on what we're doing, because they're going to get beaten down. They're going to get worn down. Then we're going to go into August. They're going to be even more beat down because we're just, that's when you hit the ground running. Then we get to week one. If they're tired and it's hot, it's not going to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we, we've done the same thing with our hitting over the years. You know, typically for us, I think most programs, you're in shells on Monday, if anything, you know, it's film and lifting and, and maybe mm-hmm. some walkthrough stuff and, you know, install. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we bang. Yeah. Thursday, Thursdays, we're back in shells, real quick whistle. And, and I, I think, you know, less is more. I don't remember what school you made, but I know there's some colleges, one or two, that don't mm-hmm. hit at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't believe that's a good philosophy for high school students because I think that co- at the college level, you're recruiting kids that know how to hit it. Right? Mm-hmm. They know how to tackle. They've been taught that for years. The high school level, you know as well as I do, Coach, you got guys, whether they're coming in as freshmen or new to the sport as seniors, have never tackled in their lives. Right. I've never you know, lowered their shoulder to run through you know, a tackle. Yeah. Um, but, but I think there's a lot of wisdom, like you said, in, in, in minimizing that to uh, not just keep the same philosophy, not just to keep them healthy physically. Yeah. But we go with such a quick whistle on – when, you know, Tuesdays we bang a little bit longer, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Wednesdays we usually say, "Hey, we're going live. We're going balls to the wall." But man, we're going to quick whistle, mm-hmm. and you see the frustrations from both sides of the ball. O and D, and the guys. Yes, we're 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 annoying you. We're 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 chaining you guys up. The chains are coming off on Friday night. Like, yeah. like there's no holes barred. Play to the echo of the whistle. Run through that ball, you know, carrier, whatever it is. Um, but I, I think it's not just to keep them physically healthy, but keep them hungry because. Man, if, if, if you've been leashed up, so to speak, all week, and finally those leashes and chains come off on Friday, you should be like you know, a madman coming out of those gates. Well, I was talking to Coach Tony Holler, who's at Plainfield North, right down the street. He does the feed the cats thing. And I remember talking to him, and all of a sudden, it wasn't necessarily I agreed with everything at first, but I got the minds going, and then I started to think about it. And I told our head coach, our head coach played linebacker in college. So when I explained this to him, he just threw me off. He was like, no, we got to, you, you know, he, whatever. Now he's starting to think a little bit. So now we try to plan out. So if I know we're going to do inside run and team in the same day, an individual with my old lineman, we won't hit while we're individual because yeah. I know they're going to hit later in the day. So we use hand shields with their shoulder pads on because we're working on technique. Now let's say he says, hey, it's a walkthrough day in team. Or, or whatever it is in the summer, now I know, okay, an individual, we're going to hit a little more because I know later on in the day they're not going to. So that's how my mindset's changed a little bit so far this summer. And I've already yeah. seen the frustration because I have all my linemen coming back. They're all seniors. My main lineman, wow. my main lineman that started as a sophomore, he goes, are we going to hit today? Can we do one-on-one? I'm like, nope, because we're going to hit over there. And he gets mad about it. He's like, so I got to wait till whatever to like hit? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. So when the time <clears throat> comes... The double teams look a little better. So I'm like, maybe there is something to this where you're holding them back a little bit, especially when they're yeah. older and they're like, well, I want to hit somebody. Well, it's hold on. You got to wait 20 minutes. We got to do individual. We got to do this. Ugh, this is boring. And then when they finally get to go, they're like, okay, here we go. Yeah. You know, it, it, two, two, two thoughts came to mind there, Coach. One is the young man you just talked about. I obviously don't know him, but I love him. Because you know, when you have a lineman that just wants to hit more and more, you know he's a lineman. You know, mm-hmm. He's a big skill. Um the other thing is I used to, my first few years as head coach back in New Hampshire, prior to moving out here to San Diego, some of the games we lost were 
for time was I set our guys up for, hey, just, just kind of go through the motions. You don't have to be ready to go live till the end. And then I realized, man, I, because I, we were always a second half team, but that was mm-hmm. sometimes that sounds like a compliment. Well, it, it was bad because I was I was allowing our guys through my own poor design to get ready and take their time before they mm-hmm. had to go live. So what we do now, uh, we've done it for quite a few years with some some decent success, is we have our zero period, mm-hmm. and then we do our stretching, and then after stretching, not always, but we'll usually do some type of hitting drill. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether it's a goal line drill, whether it's, uh, we call it something called uh, heads are going to roll. We have a big, big dummy that doesn't fall down, put a football on there, and it's two against one, and defender's going to try to take the queen's head off. Um, and sometimes what I'll do is I will put in my, my, my practice plan, we're going to do that hitting drill five minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, we do that for five minutes. Not everyone's getting a rep. So if you're literally not running out there to grab the other guy by the shoulder pads to get him out of your spot, yep. you know, so, and you, you find out. We have a quarterback in our program. He's now moved back to slot. But he'd be the first one out there, Coach. Out of 10 reps, he would take three of them. Mm-hmm. And it used, it used to piss me off yeah. and get me amped up at the same time. I was amped up for him. Yeah. But then I'd blow the whistle. I'm like, guys, you guys realize that 70% of you haven't been once yet? And so-and-so has been three times? Yep. You know, it's just – so I, I love that. And then we'll go into other parts of practice where they're like, oh, wait a minute. Not everyone got a chance. No, you you got to fight for this. you got to fight for those reps to hit someone. Mm-hmm. We did that last year where we noticed the same kids going over and over and we just stopped and we're like, all right, you get five seconds before someone else gets out here. And if nobody did, we're like, all right, you lost it. Like now we got to go do something else. We did that last year too. And it was always the same kids. And then other kids just stood back. But those were the kids I thought they were tough. We're like, well, you ain't very tough now because you're not jumping in. Right. Yeah. But I think kids are afraid of failure too. I think they're kind of like, well, I don't want to look dumb because of social yep. media. That's a big thing I've learned this this past year. I don't want to look dumb because of social media because phones are a problem in school and like they videotape the worst parts and you know. So I think that's what they're really scared of. But I'm like guys, we're at practice. There is no social media. Like they're, they're you know, yeah, I run our social media accounts, but I'm not going to put that on there, you know. I'm taking pictures, right. I'm putting positive things on there. But they're like, "Well, I don't want to get made fun of and you know, I don't want to look dumb." And I'm like, "Who cares? Who really cares?" Right. And, and I also I 100% agree with you, and I think there's a lot of power in not just saying in the, in the film room or saying in the locker room, but being on the field, be like, guys, mess up. The more you mess up in practice, the less we're going to mess up on Friday night. Mm-hmm. The, yep. the more you're willing to look stupid, for lack of better terms, you know, by, by taking the wrong steps and, and not, you know, t- we do a lot of combo blocking, tagging to the back or whatever it is, you know, the more we can get on you in practice, the less we have to in a game and the less opportunity you're giving our opponents to beat us and they're they're gonna laugh at laugh at us sooner or mm-hmm. later so you might as well have your teammates you know see you fail than your opponents yeah i tell them two things this year i'm like one i'm not like we try to film more in practice so individual i just have my phone out for huddle and i'm telling them to go i said i'll fix it later you know like just, yep. just, just go and don't be afraid the second thing is i'm like guys i look stupid i'm on the sideline i'm the big i'm six five you know whatever i look stupid i'm gonna sound stupid do you really think i care I'm like don't worry about it. Right. Like, and I was like, you guys can make fun of me. It's fine. Like, if you, you need to make fun of me to feel better, go ahead. I'm okay with right. it. And it makes them more comfortable, I think. Well, with the linemen, they're like, yeah, 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 blah, blah. Because we have our own language. My film rooms are loud and obnoxious. But like, if there's like six plays, the first three are real serious. And the fourth one, I find a joke somewhere. I'm like, I think your shoe's untied here, or is that a pink sock? What are you doing? And then everybody feels a little bit better, or, or, or something yeah. stupid, or like, 
or I'm like, hey, you know, why are you so high? Like, do you listen to Snoop Dogg all the time? Like, I think I said that the other day, and I'm like, and they're just like, they start laughing. I'm like, okay, now they're back. They're not so tense. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny, too, and I know you obviously know what you're doing, but, but that, that type of coaching, in my opinion, is what we need more of to remind these guys. I, I hate, I hate when I hear people say, oh, it's just a game. Mm-hmm. Been doing it for 26 years. Get rid of the word just. Yes, it is a game. Mm-hmm. Not just a game. We've seen lives saved, lives changed. You've seen, you know, all these different things that we go through as coaches and players. But I think when we're allowed to still laugh at, laugh, not at, laugh with them uh-huh. and make it fun for them, it's a reminder of, yeah, we're working hard, especially Lyman. Yeah. You know, the hardest workers on the field, both sides of the ball. But when you can bring it together and laugh with them and joke about it together, it not only makes it more enjoyable, but I think it keeps them invested and wanting to come back. Whereas, and I'm sure you've seen this too, you have coaches that never crack a smile because they're so tough or they want to, you know, their ego is in the way. Those kids aren't having fun. They're not going to want to come back the next year. And if they do, they're not going to give their all. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you want to be able to have them take pride in the fact that, yeah, we're the hardest working linemen, hardest working guys in the field. Football players are the hardest working young men and young women in the school and having fun at the same time. There's, there's a big difference there. Well, like this year when I took the approach of, I, I don't know if I'm full on feed the catch yet just because I'm not the head coach. I can't control everything, obviously. But with my group, when I took a step back and said, I'm going to make things simpler. We're not going to always do this. We're not always going to do this. It's not going to be overly complicated. Our head coach made a comment this weekend He or, or last week. He was like, Steve's been the happiest person this whole time. And like I was the go-getter I, last year. I'm like all over the place. And like I'm, I'm during team inside run. I'm standing behind them. I can't stand on the side. I have to stand behind them so I can see. And I was always after it. This year, I'm just kind of like, hey guys, like you got to figure it out, figure it out. We'll, we'll watch the film later. You got to figure it out. And they're like, Steve's been the happiest. And so it's been weird where they're like, Steve's the nice coach this year. Like <laughs> when someone gets, we're not doing up downs. I just, I've learned. I'm like, hey, you can go stand over there. Somebody else is going to come in. You have to earn it back now. And then yep. guess what? Because we kind of go both ways. Some of our guys go both ways. Hey, I'm going to go tell, talk to the defensive coach. You're not giving effort, so guess what's going to happen? You're not going to go play defensive line either, so you better figure it out. And that's where I'm at right now. And like, my blood pressure's been lower. My heart rate's been lower. And I'm like, I'm not as no, – I get after it. Don't get me wrong. Like, we did the joint practice. I'm getting after it because that's a game-type situation. You're getting after it. Now in practice, I'm like, oh, my heart rate hasn't gone over 120 yet. I'm pretty good. And even the seniors, they're like – Coach Steve, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. So there's there's a positive in taking a step back and going, let's make it easy. Let's let's uh, focus on different things. And it's been great. It's been great. Uh, because in basketball last year, my heart rate got to 180. I probably should have had a heart attack. Yeah. You my, have to make it to your wedding and that keeps going. My, my Apple Watch was going crazy. And I was like, if somebody keeps calling me, and I looked, and it was trying to tell me like to stop, and I was take like, a, take a I'm like, oh, it's one eight, one eighty. I looked at my assistant coach. I was like, I might, I should have a heart attack. And he's like, why? And I showed him. So then during the B game, I'm sitting down, I'm just watching, and it's still there. And that's when I had a realization in life. I was like, it's not that serious, Steve. Like you don't have to have a heart rate of 180. And like I think right. from, so I think that was January. So I think from January on, it's I've been better. Like I still research, I still do all the off season stuff, but ever since then, like I'm not overwhelming myself with it. I'm just kinda like, yeah. hey, you know what? Quit scheming, quit doing this. It is what it is. Look at the kids well, we yeah. have and And how many years have you coached now? 
I'm going into year 14. I started at 19. Love it. Wow. All right. I'll be 33 in November. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I think for any of us, you know, I'm going on year 26 for me coaching 26, 27. I've lost count. Um, but it, without being preachy, it, it, congratulations again for your audience that may not know. Hopefully, I'm not spoiling anything, but you can cut this out. You have a wedding coming <laughs> yep. up soon. Yep. Um, you know, whether you and your wife decide to have children or not, or just for your wife, I hate to say just, but yeah, coaching's phenomenal. But if we're not doing it right, we're not going to last for ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a benefit for our players, and you're going to hurt the ones that love you the most if you're not taking care of yourself. So I, I also, and I'm curious what you guys do, and this is not better or worse, but when I was a head coach in New Hampshire and here in, in California now, we don't have coaches meetings on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Never had never have when I'm a head coach, never will. And, and same thing like you said, your head coach said about watching some, you know, your inner squad or whatever scrimmage stuff you had. Um, you know, I, I give specific before spring ball, I give our coaches um, we have a coaches meeting, I give them their assignments for the upcoming season, exactly mm-hmm. what they're in charge of, breaking down the opponent's film and off season stuff and you name it. Um, obviously in season. But I tell them, I'm like, listen, Sunday I might watch two, four hours of film, but I'm doing it when my wife is happy mm-hmm. doing something else. Or, but I'm not going to let it get, get in the way of going to the beach with my family or mm-hmm. a barbecue or whatever it is. And I tell them, if you guys don't look at the computer once on Sunday, that's great. But that means you might be staying up till 4 a.m. on a Saturday right? or getting up at 5 a.m. on a Monday. Just what, take, I don't want to micromanage. Right. Take care of what you've got to take care of. I'll trust that you will, and we'll, we'll know when we, when we get together as a staff who's watched film and who hasn't. But... It's I've, I've found so much more success from our assistant coaches when they feel and they know they're respected. Uh-huh. They know what their assignments are. They know how to do it. And I say, you're, you're a grown man. Do it on your own time. Do it when you need to. You know, and some people would rather sit and do it for six hours on a Sunday. That's fantastic. Uh-huh. For me, I, I want to have that at least one day a week, even in the heat of the season, where my wife and children and my two grandsons know that, hey, Family does not take a back seat. It doesn't have to if you do it correctly, in my opinion. Yeah, we bring the kids on Saturday mornings. I don't know if we're going to do that this year. That's the plan, but we haven't decided yet. And then we usually meet, so that way we're all there, and then we're done. Then he's like, yep. go. If you need to call people on Sunday, that's, that's on you. And Same. That, that, that's about it. We don't do anything on Sundays unless it – I think the only time we've done anything on a Sunday is when the head coach invited us to like a barbecue or something like at his house. I think yeah. that's the only time where I, he's like bring your significant other, bring kids. We don't care. I think that's the only time. But it's not to show up and watch film. It's, oh, the Bears are on. Let's watch the Bears together. And like just yeah. – that's about the only time. Yeah, we don't do that either. We Love that. We and, and I, I, was, I was an assistant on a different program. I won't say which program – that the head coach prided himself and now we're going to meet every Sunday and it would be about five hours a Sunday of talking about how great we are as coaches from this one individual, how much uh-huh. other programs suck and how we're, and it, it, it was, it was derogatory. It was counterproductive. It was infuriating all the, all these negative things I could come up with. None, none of it was positive. None of us made it, none of it made our players better. Uh-huh. Um, and this, this coach would braggadociously talk about how, yeah, my family knows during the football season they don't see me. Congratulations. You know? And yeah. he ended up getting a divorce. And I don't wish that upon anyone. But, you know, so, so who, who did you benefit? What did you win? Right, you know? right. And I, I think as coaches, we talk all often, you know, all the time. I know I do. I'm sure you guys do. We, we want to bless, serve, and empower our players. And we want to help them become better young men. Well, what does that look like for us? Mm-hmm. If it talks, if it talks, if that means just pouring everything into your job and ignoring everything else, well, then great. That's your definition 
definition of success. If it means, hey, being passionate and thriving in what you do, but keeping things in perspective, and like you're modeling for your players, hey, yeah, coach isn't going to be here for one game. What? Why? Well, because family is more important. You're modeling mm-hmm. that. I, I think that's phenomenal because they, they know, hey, next season there's not going to be another marriage for Coach Steve. Mm-hmm. Season after that, there's not going to be another. If you take care of things, this is the one time. Yep. You know, and I, I love that. Well, well, the annoying part is they all know, and they're like, can we come? Are we invited? <laughs> and I go, no, you guys have a game. Oh, we'll move it, and we can all come. Uh, ask your fiance. And I'm like, no, because I still want to have a <laughs> wedding. Like, you guys cannot right. show up. And then the funny thing was they are like, what if we get a big picture of all of the players and we put it behind you as you guys are sitting there? I'm like, no, still, you're not listening to me. This is the one time where she's like, there cannot be sports. And that's what it yeah. has to be. Like, the, She's like, the one day out of – because I coach all three sports. So she's like, the one day out of all three sports, you cannot have any of it. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I can make that – I can make that happen. Smart man. And then she goes, I swear if you pull your phone out and text them how the game's going, I'm going to lose it. And I was like, I'll put the uh-huh. phone in the hotel and just leave it up there. I won't even bother with it. Yeah, just make sure your best man has a phone. And he can give you updates. Have a little earpiece. Oh, I will. Oh, yeah. Or because I just saw you know, this. It's, it's, it's funny. My, uh, my, my wife had three daughters and one son. And my son got married last year. Uh, and it was really, the, 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 I'll make a long story short. It was my fault because my wife and my son and you know, some of our daughters asked me about a year earlier, like, hey, Dad, when's the football season over? And I had said, like, you know, at the end of November. Well, it didn't factor in how long and how well we would do into the playoffs. Uh-huh. Which, and he, my, our son was on our staff last year. He's back on our staff again this year, which is, which is such a blessing. But he had his wedding, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, well, wait a minute. We're, we're fine. The, the game's on a Friday. The wedding's on a Saturday. Well, last year, even this year, <clears throat> I think nationwide, a lot of us are still feeling the, the reper- repercussions of uh, shortage of officials. Yep, yep. So we've already, we've already had pre-August 1st, we've already had two games switched. To, uh, to accommodate the need for more officials. So as we were nearing my son's wedding last year, we didn't know if at the last minute we were going to get some email from the head of the officiating committee saying, hey, Cornell, you're playing on a Friday or you're on a Saturday now, whatever it was. And a lot of uh, our players and coaches were like, coach, what are you going to do? And uh-huh. I looked at him I said, that's a no-brainer. I said, I'm not going to miss this game. And they all looked at me and said, I'm kidding, guys. They said, I'm going to miss the guy. I said, I would not miss yeah. my son or daughter. Yeah. And that, that's a once, God willing, a yeah. once in a lifetime thing. I said, there are going to be many more games. Yeah. You know? So it, it ended up working out where we were able to uh, not only have the game on a Friday, we were able to win a big game that we, didn't, we weren't favored to win and then have the wedding the following night. So it, it was a win-win. Yeah. It was a heck of, heck of a weekend. Oh, that's a, that's a definition of a fantastic weekend right there. Oh, it was phenomenal, yeah. Well, because when, when I got my wedding scheduled, every football coach gave me, you know, just, just threw it at me. And then in the spring, I talked to the defensive coordinator at Naperville North. His name's Chris Arthurs. Um, I said something to him, and he's the one – that's the first time I heard this. He goes, Steve, there's going to be more football games. Don't worry about it. Because he had two kids born during co- – like his first born was born during COVID – and he's like, ever since then, I realized, oh, football's football. Yes, it's cool. Yes, it's fun. I'm still going to coach. But I have a kid now. Then he's got a second kid. And he's like, Steve, you're going to miss one football game. He's like, we get nine games in Illinois. He's like, you're missing one. You're going to have eight. And if you make the playoffs, you get that 10th game, you'll get the ninth game back. And I was like, oh, that's true. 
I was like, he was the first one to say that to me. So now I tell people that I'm like, oh, it's just one game. I still get crap thrown at me, but it's all in good fun. Well, and, and I think that the the I shouldn't say fact because it's just my opinion, but you're you're co- you'll be coaching that day, and I mean this seriously. The day of your wedding, you'll be coaching by sending a very clear message to those young men you coach of, hey, as passionate as Coach Steve is, as much as I know about the game, as amped up as you see me on the field and the film room and all that, family comes first. Because mm-hmm. too, too many coaches say that, but they, their actions don't show that. Yeah. You know? So, so sometimes, you know, less is more. Well, and our head coach told the fam the parent meeting last year, he's like, he has four kids. Our head coach has four kids at home. And I don't think I don't think any of them are older than ten or eleven. Like they're all really young. He said something to the parents last year. He goes, "Football is everything to me, but it's also not everything to me." He's like, "Football. I met my wife. I played college football. I have four kids. It provides me to do this, but this is my support system." He puts a picture up. Believe it or not, some parents were like, "How can he say football's not everything?" And blah 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 blah. And so he shrugs it off. He's like, "Eh, parents can say that." He's like, yep. "You know." <clears throat> My, he's like, my, go ahead. Oh, he's like my four kids. He's like, that's why we go three days a week in the summer. He's like, I could see them grow up for four days out of the week. He's like, they just went to the beach last weekend. Like, he's like, I'm going to do these things, or like we're gonna go skiing. Like during the winter, he's like, I can take them skiing now because football's over during the summer. We're gonna go to the pool. We're we're gonna go to my brother's house because yeah. he, I mean, he's got four kids, and he's and, like, I gotta see them grow up. And you guys know as well as I do. You know, the, we're never going to please every parent. Mm. You know, you you have five starting offensive linemen. There's going to be a sixth parent that doesn't think you know what you're doing because yep. their son's not starting. Yep. Quarterback, you know, the, if you have four quarterbacks, at least three of those families are going to think you're an idiot because only yep. one of them is going to start. You know, th- those parents that might be bothered that he said football isn't everything, God forbid he and his wife were to have, you know, marital problems, they're not going to be there counseling them and helping them out and getting them through that. Yep. You yeah, know, and, but but we do that every day for their sons, and we show up every day to pour into their sons to help them become better young men and young women on and off the field. So that's what he should have said. He should have said, "You pay for my lawyer." Then when I get a divorce, when you say <laughs> right, you, crickets. Yeah, he should have. Exactly. Um, you're the perfect person to ask this. So during COVID, with this podcast, other people's podcasts, the word culture was just thrown around everywhere, like that word. And for some reason, during baseball season, it clicked with me. I was like, what does that mean? Like, what does the word culture actually stand for? So I actually have an episode where I said, what in the world does culture mean? And I had to look it up. And it was Deion Sanders, I heard. He goes, it's the standard. It's the mission. It's, you know, this culture word gets thrown around all the time. And I don't know what to replace the word culture with. But I've started to talk to my players about it. I'm like, we have goals, but let's start calling it like the process. Because, yeah, we have goals, but... Let's call it the process, and it gets to that point. Um, what do you think about that word culture? Is that the right word? Is it something other word we got to come up with? Because uh, everybody has it. Everybody says they have the same culture. I'm like, no, I've been around cultures that are not what they should be. You know, right. like it's yeah, it's bad. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny. I just wrote this down because I was like, oh, I, I might do a video on that. So I'll, I'll thank you for the question now. <laughs> I, for, for for me, I, I think culture is a collective character. Yeah, you know, if I said what, what Steve's Coach Steve's character, I I, I I know I don't know you that well, but right. your family and your friends that know you best could talk about the man you are when no one else is looking. You know who you are in the dark and all those different sayings and phrases, which I believe there's a lot of truth to them. You know, the first thing that comes to my mind, Coach, whenever I hear culture, is it's a living, breathing organism. Mm-hmm. 
it, it's got to be fed constantly. It's got to be nurtured. It's got to be pruned. It's constantly growing and evolving. Um, I and I think back to my first few years as a coach and my first few years as a head coach. I never thought culture was something as simple as slapping a, a slogan or a logo or a word on the back of a T-shirt or on the weight room wall or a locker room, and that's who you are. Right. It's never that simple. Mm-hmm. However. Coming to Coronado, where we have the North Island, which is the naval base, mm-hmm. we, have, we have a revolving door of players and coaches that are coming and going. Sometimes you might have a stud coach and or a player that comes in, and then two months later, mom or dad being transferred somewhere else. And as, as your, your family, for different reasons, but hey, quarterback's yeah. not playing anymore. we we got to readjust yeah. and figure out who we are. So for me, I realized when I took the head coaching job here at Coronado, man, it, it, this, is, this is more involved than I ever thought because – you don't know who's going to be here the next year. You mm-hmm. don't know who's going to be here, you know, how long they're going to be here. So I, I think it's a collective character. And I think one of the toughest things is, and I've never coached basketball, but if you look at a basketball team, most high school basketball teams have, what, 7, 12, 15 kids on the team. Mm-hmm. You look at yep. a high school football team, depending on, you know, what size program or what state or where you are, you're talking 40 to 140 players, all different backgrounds, walks of life and so I think, you know, culture for me is a collective character of, all right, who, who am I as an individual? Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I willing to sacrifice who I am without sacrificing my character for the better goal of the entire team? Am I, am I willing to humble myself? We had a young man this morning, and I shared this with only his permission. I won't mention his name on here. But I got a text yesterday morning, 9 a.m. Send me a picture of himself with his uh, shirt off, showing just the burn. The, the, he didn't put sunscreen on, horrible mm-hmm. burn. And uh, sunburn, I should yeah. say. So uh, he goes, Coach, I don't, I don't think I can come to practice tomorrow. So I responded right away. It was first thing Sunday morning. I said, hey, so-and-so, drink a ton of water, get plenty of rest, we'll see you in the morning, yep. and I can, I, can, I can make sure you do everything without putting weight in your back or laying on the bench press or whatever. I'll put you to work. Don't you worry about it. Didn't know if he was going to show up. Long story short, he showed up today, did our conditioning test, did a real good job with that, was working hard in the weight room, and then I see him laying down on the bench, throwing on, and he's a pretty decent-sized kid for us, so throwing on 225 and 255, I think he was 275, uh, for decent reps. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone's hooting and hollering and getting amped up, and I'm getting pissed. Yeah. You know, so at the end of practice, and I, I never want to embarrass a young man, ever. Right. That's the farthest from my goals. So I pulled him aside. And I said, hey, can, can I share your text with me with the entire team? Now, he was just at a high of just whole teams cheering him on. He's all amped up to like bring brought down to reality. And he looked at me. I said, I promise you I won't without your permission. He goes, no, you coach, you can. So I shared with the team. I said, guys, you're all, you're all one text away from being average. Yeah. I said, if so-and-so had my response to you, oh, I feel, I'm sorry, sweetie. You know, feel better. Nothing called players, sweetie, but right. really soft on him. Mm-hmm. He would have not shown up today, not gotten better, not created a little bit of energy because he did did bring a good energy to the weight room. I said, guys, you are one friend, text, or coach away from being average. Mm-hmm. I said, a lot of you guys got to prune your friendship groups and start cutting people out who are very comfortable with you being average. Yep. I said, because the day you feel like I'm okay with you being average is the day you need to petition for me to be co- coach somewhere else. You know. So I was able to pour into him, and he felt good about it. He knew where I was going with it. But the, the culture I think that I would have allowed that to be was, hey, if you're too tired, too sunburned, too sore, you can miss a practice here or there. Yeah. So I told, and I told him, I said, we're going to have a coaches meeting on Saturday after equipment distribution. And one of the things I'm going to stress with all of our coaches 
is let's not start anyone that has a single unexcused absence in that week. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell them, I, I, I do make a joke about it. I was like, listen, I want a doctor's note yep. or a selfie with your dead relative. I said, yeah. I, yeah. I want you by that casket, taking that picture. Yeah. Now, of course, unfortunately, something's going to happen. I'm going to get some nasty email someday from someone <laughs> that son takes a selfie at a funeral. But uh, it, it's, I, I think we're in a society now where people, we, we excuse everything. And I won't mm-hmm. get political, but if you don't agree with people now, you're, 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 you're the devil. You're Satan. Mm-hmm. You're horrible. And, and shame on you for having a different opinion. And I think we have such a captive audience as coaches where we can not push our religious or spiritual, view, or, you know, spiritual views, but where we can still instill in them what a hardworking character and culture looks like and modeling it. Right. You know, I, I, and, and, and I'll go back to you, coach, you, you modeling to your players, Hey, this is commitment. You've committed to a team. You show up to everything. Well, yeah, but there are exceptions. What family? Yep. Family. And it's not my grandmother's birthday. I, I had a young man last year who had to miss it, had to miss a practice. He was all oh, grandma, you know, our coach is my grandma's birthday and we're, we're taking her to dinner and uh, we, we just don't know how many more dinners we have with her. So I looked at him, I said, go, go, go ahead. And then he left, and it wasn't until the day afterwards, I said uh, to the young man, I said, hey, how was it? Oh, it's great, great. I said, Where, where's your grandmother live? Oh, she lives on island here. How old is she? <laughs> she's, seven, she's 72. I was like, wait, I was like, is, is she like battling cancer? So, you know, yeah. No, no. And I said, listen, JP, I should have said, well, JP, he's a great kid. He graduated. Yeah, yeah. I, I said, JP, I said, we have two coaches on our staff. Our staff, our coaching staff ranges from 21 the 77. We have, we have coaches on our staff that have coached longer than some of our coaches that have ever been alive. Yeah. Um, I said, listen, I said, your grandmother is five years younger than Coach Papa over there. Yeah. Our, D, our DN coach, who's just a stud. This guy's amazing. So I, I, think, I think we've become a society which is too easy to accept every excuse in the book as opposed to one that, like you with your wedding, that you mm-hmm. will go to your grave. That, that's a hill you're willing to die on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. You know, coaches – Players, families, yes, my wife comes first. Mm-hmm. And a- everyone, in my opinion, should applaud that. The people that don't, they're, they're jack wagons. They don't get it, you know? Well, the school I'm at now, I've never gotten told so many. I've never seen so many birthday parties in my life. When I, the, the head basketball coach, he's like, be prepared for some reason during basketball season. You will never know how many family members they actually have and how many birthday parties they're going to go to. <laughs> and by good, he was right. It was my aunt's birthday. It's so-and-so's birthday. We got to go here. We got to go here. And I'm like, what is going on? So this year, we have to call parents. As soon as they say there's a birthday party, we have to call their parents and be like, hey, is it your sister's birthday? Do you have a party? And if they say no, I'm like, oh, well, your son just told me there's a party yeah. and he's not coming. Yeah. And the mom's like, I'm a single child. I don't have any siblings. Yeah. You know, it, 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 a lot of that, I think, goes up. I, I love our parents. And, and I truly believe in most schools, 99% of the parents support and love what the coaches do. You're going to have that one or two outlying parent that just for whatever reason, you know, doesn't, isn't happy. But I've been blessed in the 26 years I've coached and very supportive parents. That being said, I was asked not too long ago on a, on a different podcast how I thought children have changed, young mm-hmm. men and young women, since I started coaching 26 years ago. And I'm like, I don't think they really have. My parents growing up would never have let me miss a single practice because of my mother, father, or grandparents' birthday. No. They would have said, Kurt has practice today. He gets out at 6.30. Let's have dinner at 7. Mm-hmm. Or they would have said, hey, we have to drive an hour to your house. Let's do it on a Saturday or a Sunday. So I think a lot of it is these parents also with the best of intentions, but they make every excuse in the book for their kids. Yes. You know? And it's like, no, listen, let, let's, let's work together. Like, let's work together helping your son to become great. And that starts with accountability. Yeah. They've committed to a program. Let's have them show for everything. 
unless there is a death in the family or, hey, I got a doctor's note. I was, I was seriously ill. So. Oh, yeah. We, I think back to my parents. My dad's like, you're going. Well, dad, I'm sick. Now you're still going. Like, that's just what it was. But, yeah. but this is another thing. He's like, hey, you see those cleats I bought that are like 80 bucks? Yeah, you're going because I spent 80 bucks on these cleats. You yeah. know, or I spent, hey, the gas driving you all summer, you're going or something. That was another the reason why. Or the best one was, okay, if you don't go, you might as well not play and then go get a job. And I was like, I yeah. choose sports over getting, over going to get a job. And I was like, you're right. And he's like, you have to be on your deathbed to not go. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And yeah, some of these kids, they, we tr- we're trying to tell them now, make an excuse to be there to, or not to. And I'm trying to change my words up. Like today I sent out a remind message. I said, we don't have to go to practice. We get to go to practice. Or, yes. you know, and you know, I, I coached at a more lower income school than I did now. And I said, guys, there was guys and gang members. I had kids living out of hotels. I had a kid living out of his car, leaving practice, going to McDonald's to work. I had kids sitting on the steps. They didn't want to go home after practice. We had to be like, are you okay? Yeah, we just don't want to go home. Like, we, we, we just can't. Yeah. Or, or we didn't know where their next meal was coming from. And the kids I work with, there might be some, but mainly not all of them are like that. I'm like, guys, you get to be here. Like, some want to be here and can't. So you get yeah. to be here. Yep. I, lo- I love that. I love that. I, I've also, along those same lines, I feel like I've always, as a coach, always asked players, hey, how you doing? How you doing? But I didn't, and it wasn't that I didn't care, but I didn't take the time to really dive deep enough so when i have a player you know now and i say hey how you doing they're like i'm good i'll stop me like what, what's good like what's going yeah. on so I've, I've had players before like oh coach i'm great and they're like good yeah. what's great and they just stop I'm like and they can't come up with anything yeah so i had to remind them like the sun's shining or it's raining you're on the football field you're healthy you're not in a hospital you're mm-hmm. you know whatever and yeah i think you know and i talked about that i did some video a while ago talking about how many coaches yell don't be last don't be last and I'm a, I'm a competitive guy, but I know when I was in high school or college, if I heard a coach or when I heard a coach yell, don't be last, even subconsciously, I would look around for the fattest kid and think, all right, I got to beat him. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got to be, because if I beat him, I'm not last. And I think if we change our narrative and yell, be first, I'm not always going to be first, but if I'm striving to be first, I'm going to mm-hmm. be a heck of a lot better than just settling for not being last. Yeah. I say strive to be perfect. We're not going to get there. I said, by goodness, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I said, but if we strive to be perfect, we get pretty cl- We can get pretty close yep. or, or do pretty well. Cause I, cause they're like, you want us, you want us to do everything right. hundred percent of the time. I said, I want you to, but are you going to No. And that's why this year I'm like, I know you won't. I know for a fact right. you won't. I said, but cause I said, I won't either. I said, I guarantee you, I will tell you to block the wrong person because my mind will spin shut off for a second. I'm thinking of a different run play, you know, like I might yep. say the wrong thing and guess what? You're going to turn around and say, coach, you're wrong. And I'm going to be like, why, why am I wrong? And they're going to explain it to me. I'm be like, you know what? You're right. I was yes. wrong. Like you, you're right. Perfect. Or I've said the wrong thing. They go, did you mean this? Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. And I'm like, and don't, don't you low key love that as a coach? Because I, I was talking to, as I mentioned, I, I had a brief coaches meeting with two of our assistants after, or after our strength and conditioning before hopping on here, and I said, listen, no, nobody wants I – don't, I don't want to be a coach, a head coach that has yes men, coaches that are on our staff that just say yes to everything just to, to mm-hmm. think I'm that smart or I'm that good. I want you to challenge me. Now, there's a time and a place. Yeah. Like, like don't question the play calling in the heat of a game. Right. But a- afterwards, the next morning, be like, hey, coach, why did you call that play? We had a game last year, and I can't believe I'm admitting this on your podcast, but full transparency, uh, I won't say the team, but I, 
the, their head coach is a little arrogant SOB. <laughs> yeah. And we were up 21 nothing just for half. It was like fourth and four. We had the ball, and we were midfield, 50-yard line, somewhere around there. 100% should have punted the ball, pinned them deep, lived to fight another day. I let my pride get in the way. We went for it. Uh, the whole – our line blocked it beautifully. Our quarterback fumbled the ball. It was my fault. It was a stupid play call. Stupid play call. When the following morning, one of my assistant coaches said, hey, coach, I'm not st- trying to step on your toes, but why, why, why did you go for it there? I thanked him. I said, gosh, Rick. I said, I, I was an idiot. I let, my, my, I let my ego get in the way. I shouldn't have. But I praised him for knowing, like, hey, right in the heat of that game right there after I called the play was not the time and place to do it. Mm-hmm. But he now felt validated and knows that he can say to me at any time, like, hey, are you sure you want to do this right here? Because we built that rapport. Mm-hmm. Where, I, where I've been an assistant before and other staffs, where that head coach is so egotistical that you don't, he doesn't want to hear from anyone or anyone because he thinks he's God's gift to football. And mm-hmm. I, I make it clear to our players, our families, and our coaches all the time, football is God's gift to me. Mm-hmm. Football is God's gift to you. Football is God's gift to us. We're not God's gift to football. Yep. You know, there's, and there's, it goes back to what you said as far as changing our narrative. We get to be here. Mm-hmm. We're blessed to be here. Yeah, that comes from our head coach. He read some book and he changed his, he's a psychology teacher, so he changed his whole wording. And he's been saying it to me. So I'm, and I started to think about, I'm like, well, maybe I do. Maybe I have to focus. And he said this to us last week. He goes, I know we're going to sit there and tell them what they did wrong and what to fix. He goes, but what if we try to find a way to tell them what they did right? And then sneak in what they did wrong. Like, hey, yep. you blocked the guy, but your footwork was wrong. Hey, your footwork was wrong. Right. Great job. I loved it. Now let's get to the blocking part. If we can find a way to say what they did right more often. Because uh, yep. we have kids when something goes wrong, they put their head down and it's over. You know, like they're, they're done. Because they don't, have a success, they don't have a history of success right now. And so it's like, how do we get them there? So I know it will slip out. And I go back to my old ways. You do what you know. And. But if if you, I think if with the mind, if you slowly say it, then you'll buy into it, and it just continues down yep. that. It's like a rock just rolling downhill; it just keeps going. Exactly. You know, as a parent, I would do the same thing with our our four children growing up. I would praise them for you know who they were, what they were doing, and I would say, "But you know, your room's a mess. You need to go." And I realized over the years that "but" mm-hmm. negated everything I said before. Yep. So now, what I do with my own children, and you know, they're adult children now with our players, is I'll praise them for a legitimate thing that deserves praise and then say and because i love you and i want to have you be great you got to run your feet through that entire block don't just hit him with a good pop keep going right or yeah hey you 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 destroyed destroyed that double team but then you stayed on him too long yeah that was great and get off to that back or whatever it is so mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're they're hearing the same message it's just in a way that's more empowering to them than defeated yeah again like i said i'm a country boy so our words don't come out right all the time you know, I got made fun of because I walked over to the head coach and I said, I tell you what, this this will work if we stay with this offense. He goes, you just say, I tell you what. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you are totally from central Illinois and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, but, I didn't even, but it works. Yeah. I was like, but I didn't even say anything bad. I'm not from Texas where I was like, y'all. And he's right. like, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but you're not a suburb kid. And that's where we kind of butt heads. I'm like, I don't want to be and right. you know, all that stuff. My, my wife last night, she's my best friend, been married for 29 years, but we just got our new hats in this year, you know, uh, just baseball caps and stuff. Yeah. And she goes, I was like, well, I love it. She's like, what do you think? She's like, it kind of looks like country, like redneck. I'm like, right? Yeah. And I, and I was saying like, right, like a good thing. Yeah. She's like, 
oh, she was, that's what you wanted? I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I wanted, yes. Like, 100%. What, like, wait, what do you mean it's bad? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I want that. Well, that, that she's my fashion designer, so if I think something looks good and she tells me it's not, I'm like, what do you mean? So now I just, <laughs> I just, I just learned, oh, you tell me what looks good. And yeah, tell me what to wear and I'll go. Unless, yeah, unless it's football. If it's football stuff, I'm like, this looks cool. Don't worry about it. If it's going out in the public with her, I'm like, you tell me. Or or she, the best phrase is, I swear if you wear an Addison Trail shirt out here, I'm going to fl- flip. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I won't do it. I, I ask my wife often, we're going out to a restaurant with a friend or, or whatever, where we're going. And I'm like, hey, what kind of restaurant is this? And she's like, you need to wear sleeves. I'm like, all right. <laughs> it's fancy. Okay, all right. Oh, that's me. I'm like, do I have to wear pants or could I wear my khaki shorts? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, no leg prisons here. Nothing. No, I try not to in football, but in the suburbs I have to sometimes. It just has to happen. I try to make yeah, it sweatpants as a, first, but. As a coaching staff, does your head coach allow you guys to wear shorts? Oh, yeah, we can wear whatever we want. We can wear whatever yeah. we want. He, he doesn't care. If we go out there in athletic shorts, as long as it's blue, because we're blue and like gold. Yep. He's like, if it's blue, I don't care. Like, I, I could care yeah. less. Uh, he, yeah, he, he wears shorts. But like, yep. I'm the last one to put pants on. Like, I'll be the last coach that has to wear pants, because they'll all do it quickly. But man, if it gets 30 degrees, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll put it on. I just have to. Yeah. I don't want to, though. I, I tell him, as soon as I put pants on to go coach, I'm like, I hate every moment of this. I was like, <laughs> I hate this. I become a little bit crankier, a little bit short-tempered. Yeah, our headsets will mute if they put it up. It'll just automatically mute themselves. So they're like, Steve, put your head thing up because we're tired of hearing about the pants if it's like in between a play. And I'm like, okay. And I have to put it up. It's so funny. Steve, shut up. All right. Well, Coach, I appreciate your time. Uh, That was the big question was the culture. But I appreciate your time. Uh, You're the man. Uh, You're always uplifting to me. So I'm like, I need Coach Kurt Hines on the podcast once a year to uplift me in the summer. Well, let, let, let's keep this uh, – we'll, we'll call it a tradition now. It's only a year or two, but we'll keep this going at least once a year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or even more. I don't care. It could be twice a year. Who cares? We'll, we'll get it going. Absolutely. But Absolutely. I appreciate you. I, I appreciate you. Let's stay in touch during the season and uh, follow each other's successes. Absolutely. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you, Coach.